0: Welcome back to the field of 68 best bets show presented by bet rivers. We are the three man weave back from our three day hiatus. It's been too long folks. It's been too long away from the college basketball, YouTube channel sphere. That's because we had to watch our, our USA team guys play against the Netherlands on Saturday morning. Not the result we wanted of course, but our guys gave it their all. Hey, we'll see you in four years. Soccer Jim, Takeaways from the weekend, basketball-related, that you might have had.
1: Yeah, I'm still mourning, so there's going to be mm. a lot of sadness emanating from me. Uh, but, hey, Kai, it's only three and a half years away because it'll be in the summer next time. It's, so true. it's okay. we will be back here in the States. Um, Takeaway from basketball is I've seen a lot of panic about UNC. Like, are they even going to make the tournament, et cetera? I think that is ridiculous. I know it's happened on this very Field of 68 channel. Um, They say a playoff series doesn't start until the home team loses. I'm not panicking until UNC loses at home or loses a game that's iffy where Baycott even is healthy. Like I think three Mm -hmm. of the four losses he's been unhealthy, the overtimes against Alabama and then Indiana and Virginia Tech. I know they've got some issues, but I saw some stuff late in the Virginia Tech game. that was really, really impressive. The ball movement, the defensive pressure, like they can get there. They have the gear still. It's not gone. Um, I'm not panicking about UNC, Matt. Sorry. I know you're a Duke boy, but the Tar Heels are going to be okay.
2: Uh, Yeah, they'll be fine. I guess they're they're good. They're just not like top five. Turn it
1: down,
2: Matt. Turn it down. Two down again. Okay. I don't know why my Zoom decides to have a microphone full blast every time I open it, but let's Go from ten to seven, Kai. How's that? Testing one, two, testing three, four.
0: Buttering Good job.
2: So, my takeaway from last night: Kent State rocks. I love this like Toledo versus Kent State duel I have in my own mind. Like, I want to see them just play twenty times in the MAC regular season and just have that be the MAC. The winner of that series decides the rocket ships. I of boy, Jimbo. Yeah. I, for the record, do think Cleo's a little bit better still, but I just love that we're going to have two teams that are at large caliber, although their resumes may not be at large worthy. Um, duke in and out in the uh the mac this season so two teams to watch as we will talk at length i'm sure throughout the rest of the year on this program
1: matt that's why i wanted to to win yesterday just to give them a chance at the I know where we'd have to talk about it like they've got to win at gonzaga
2: losing to charleston is tough that would have been a nice little resume banner Mm -hmm. so
1: yes
0: my takeaways guys nebraska wow beat creighton uh fred hoiberg was like hey you know what I'm going to get rid of the stuff that hasn't been working for however many years I've been there. I'm going to try a whole different style. And guess what? It's working so far. Nebraska looks pretty good. Uh, the rack, Mac continues to haunt your Hoosiers. Rutgers took down Indiana quite easily at home. And then Wisconsin Marquette. Great game. Watched it at a bar back and forth. I was on Wisconsin, so yes, I was getting a little bit nervous when I went to overtime when Marquette made the comeback. But it was a lot of fun to watch regardless. Let's get into the slate. We've got some good games today. On this lovely Tuesday, Iowa versus Duke leads us off. This is a twofer at Madison Square Garden. Matt, you're the Dukey guy, of the podcast and the channel and the three men weave in general here. Iowa to me is a team I trust a little bit more than Duke, but tell me why I might be wrong. Who do you like in this game?
2: No, I'm, I'm with you. I just, the eye test it overwhelmingly makes me want to take Iowa here. I just thought the line was a little too short. I think it's, um, you kind of have to respect Duke's talent. And I think you have to respect the fact that Duke at MSG is, uh, I don't have the exact ATS record, but they play there a ton. Um, it's not like a home court advantage, but I think the familiarity of playing at that neutral site will give them a slight edge. Uh, Jim seems to disagree. I don't know. I just think that Duke tends to play well on neutral sites in non-con. You look at the historical results. This is what they're built to do. Shire's done this. I know it's a largely a young team, um, but I do think the line's a little short. And I would lean Duke, but I didn't play it because betting against Iowa is not any way to get rich. So uh, no play for me.
1: Yeah, Matt, I'm just, I, my, 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 my dog had turned there. Yeah, that was and good. Your, that was good. good it's up. a bunch of freshmen and a new coach and two big 10 transfers that haven't been on Duke. Like why does yeah, the that's MSG history matter for this team? I don't know. I, I don't no, know. probably not. Probably um, not. But fair. I, I, I agree. I was kind of hunting an Iowa bet here and I thought we'd get over a possession and that's unfortunately not the case. Um, I, I did see, do you see Derek Whitehead's tweet? Um, basically the, yeah. yeah, it was a quote from Marcus Peters about how coming back from injury, it's really hard, like mentally. And basically I think Whitehead's saying like, he's not mentally back. He's not out there. He's not feeling the same. And I don't think we're going to see full form Duke until he is, because I still maintain he was the best recruit coming in uh, as good as Filipowski has been. So I don't know if Duke's really Full form and and without Whitehead and Lively really clicking, probably not. So Eileen, Iowa Kai, even at three, two and a half, uh, I just think Mm -hmm. that they are really kind of firing on all cylinders right now. And I'm not too scared of the MSG factor here. Yeah, Just same. to
2: clarify, there's some, sorry, Chatterkai in the mobster community right now. I, You're right. The historical data doesn't really mean anything because it's a new coach. It's a whole new team. I, I think it's more important is that like Duke and Illinois, which we'll talk about very shortly here, have played at neutral site venues this year. I kind of think that experience matters. Maybe that's all fluff and nonsense, but I, I did give a curse. I would play to at Seton
1: that. Hall. Isn't that tougher? And they play neutral you, sites too.
2: Yeah, but I think bigger, more high profile, like the the uh, the championship class. I think Duke is a little has had higher profile neutral site games. Okay. Now, yeah. is that a stupid take? Maybe it is. I don't know. It's my gut talking. Ignore. Fair it.
0: enough. I I like Iowa better. Um, that's uh, Duke's
1: that's gut is smarter than me. So I'm, I'm talking.
0: Uh, Duke is young. They're still figuring it out. I'm not sure about Shire as a coach quite yet. He's figuring stuff out too. He admitted it himself in some pressers I've seen. He's saying, "Hey, I'm still figuring this coaching job out as well." And I always got plenty of size to kind of combat Duke throughout the lineup, right? They have big wings. They have bigs up front and they also have the best player on the floor. And that's Chris Murray. Uh, and, and that helps. That gives you a chance to win any game and they can shoot. They have an off- awesome offense that can keep them in any game. I lean their way here. Plus three, plus two and a half. Kai, what do you think on the total? I saw someone ask about that in the chat. Uh, Duke's, Duke's totals have been going under a lot this year. That's kind of been the trend, but I would never bet an Iowa under.
2: Yeah, Shire, Shire will play some zone. I think it actually could take Iowa a little bit out of their transition flow. I would lean under as well. Maybe a little MSG NBA arena shooting, uh, shooting regression. I don't
1: know. That, that I might,
2: yeah. I'm reaching for angles to start. Come on, let's get to games. I actually have good takes on next. I'm trying. This is I'm your
1: pressed. team. This is your Duke <laughs> I know. I
2: know. I have nothing. <laughs> I'm confounded by my team. Confounded next right next
0: game. Illinois versus Texas. Same venue. Uh, Experience difference, Jim, is what I'm starting off with. Texas plays six seniors in the rotation. Tyrese Hunter has been around for what seems like forever. though he's a sophomore. Illinois, just two seniors, heavy reliant on on
1: freshmen. Do you think that matters? Who do you like in this game? I think it matters a little bit, yeah. And the seniors that are there haven't been there. Like Shannon is still a new piece. And, I mean, that hasn't uh, really impacted them so far. I know they lost at Maryland, but that's a really, really tough road environment to play at, and we we all are pretty on board with Maryland being fully legit. Uh, We'll discuss them in a second. The thing that that stood out to me is the turnover potential here, Um, and that kind of correlates with your experience factor. Illinois, 260th in turnover rate, and Texas's perimeter pressure is up there with anybody else in the country. 10th in defensive turnover rate, Tyrese Hunter just gets in your shorts. Marcus Carr's a, a terrific perimeter defender as well. If Illinois can't really get into stuff because they're farting the ball away and giving up easy transition points, then that is a problem. So, Matt, I kind of lean against the market here. Uh, I know they they've bet Illinois down a little bit, but I kind of like Texas. It's not quite to where I'm going to punch back, but that would be uh, if I had to bet it, that's where I'd go.
2: Yeah, I agree with the market move on the price. I had a little bit lower myself, but you bring up the matchup concerns that are pretty real. Like just the young, youthful guards of Illinois against the pressure certainly bother me. I think Illinois sort of can negate that though with Tannett Ch- or Terrence Shannon kind of handling the point a little bit. Uh, we've seen Maddie Meyer and even Coleman Hawkins handle the ball a little bit. So maybe Underwood gets cute and tries to you know bring his forwards into some of that if not like full court press break, but just like general ball handling and offensive initiation. Um, we've seen him again multiple times, make key adjustments and moving his trigger men around the floor uh, to kind of make his freshman guard uh, put them in comfortable situations to succeed, I guess, Kai. So we'll see how Underwood adjust. I trust him very, very deeply to make the right adjustments, but I think that perimeter pressure of Texas, man, it's just, it's been jaw dropping this year. Um, I'm not looking to get in the way of that.
0: Yeah, that worries me in this game, and I'm I'm kind of with Jim. I, I was hoping the line would go the other way. I kind of expected it to. Um, maybe grab Illinois at plus five. Never happened. Money came in on Illinois. At this price, I lean Texas, like Jim said. I mean, defensively, you guys mentioned the turnover splits, but they're good in every single area. Maybe a little bit weak on the defensive glass. That's danger, and Hawkins danger a little bit there for, for Texas. But um, I, I lean their way still. I, I don't think Illinois' youth is going to perform that well tonight. And Texas is an awesome team. Uh, I've been impressed with them this season for the most part. So lean Texas there for me. Next game, Maryland at Wisconsin. A major, major battle in the Big Ten here. Matt, kind of in a similar experience theme here. The Terps start four seniors. They seem to be pretty much in, in final season form right now. The Badgers, one senior on the roster, Tyler Wall. Who do you like in this game at the Kohl Center?
2: I like Maryland. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but I do. Um, money's come both ways. I think on this game, it's sitting well, right around pick right now. Shade a little bit toward Wisconsin. I believe, uh, it is minus one Wisconsin, Wisconsin, right. which I think I think the, Terps, the time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think they've maybe flipped for a hot second, but I, the terms are just really good. Like it, they've done nothing wrong at all this year. Um, I know Wisconsin home court has to be respected. I know big 10 home court has to be respected, but I think the weird spot situation and Jim will have a better beat on this than me. Like coming off the overtime, win at Marquette, um, like that was kind of a huge win for a Scotty team that, that needed one, I think to build some for momentum. Now you could argue that's, you know, in the review and their hype, cause it's their first big 10 opener and Maryland's coming off the big one in Illinois. Maybe they'll be flat in their first, you know, hostile road environment with all due respect to Louisville. We all know it's just not really it's a not hostile environment this respect. year. Um, yeah, we don't need to respect them. So I don't know, Jim, I like the Terps. Why am I wrong? Tell me why I should be respecting the buzz cut badge at the Coal Center.
1: I, I think they're both coming off a big win. You kind of you kind of hit on it. Like, I, I definitely agree. That's a huge uh, Wisconsin road win. They Nobody wins that rivalry on the road. It's pretty rare for Wisconsin Marquette to be won by the road team. I, I'm pretty in on Wisconsin today, though. I think they slow this down, muck it up. They close out on shooters where uh, Maryland's been really, really hot from the perimeter. Like, they kind of take away Jameer Young, cut off the head of the snake a little bit. And Tyler Wall, I, I know that Maryland's got some guys to throw at him but he is such a dominant mid post threat uh, and i like them especially at home It this just feels like a wisconsin win to me matt and mm-hmm. I, I know that's a gut and my gut yeah. hasn't been as strong this year as yours uh we'll, we'll <clears throat> cop to that uh but i i feel like I, I try i tend to know the badgers decently well and i think they can get their big 10 home opener here Kai.
2: i think I, gut for teams that you follow closely is important jim that's a, that's a message from me to the viewers out there. So while I can't articulate my Duke up, while Jim can't articulate his Wisconsin gut, it's usually right. That's all I'll say. Uh,
0: I like Wisconsin too here. They're well coached. They execute really well on the offensive end. They're at the Kohl Center. And I think Big Ten home court uh, means a ton. I know Michigan State just lost Northwestern, but again, you saw what Rutgers did to Indiana. Uh, generally, home court plays pretty well in this conference. Now, Maryland is a bus I'm not ready to step in front of right now. They're 7-1 against the spread, plus 8 cover margin. Yeah, that kind of scares me. It is their first real road environment here at Wisconsin. And uh, again, I do love the Kohl Center. I'm just not quite putting my money on Wisconsin due to that, uh, due to how well Maryland is playing currently. Next game, St. Louis, a.k.a. SLU, versus Iona. A huge test here for Iona, Jim. Um, they've failed so far against stiffer competition, but they are 3-0 against the spread at home. Talented SLU here looking for
1: a major quality win uh, to, to bolster their resume. What do you like? Yeah, a little little revenge potentially in the cards for mm-hmm. Patino and the boys after they lost a really close one at St. Louis last year. I'm sure Iona wish they had that one to add to their Alabama win yeah. last year for an at large resume. Unfortunately, did not quite get there. Um, yeah, the big wins at home, they've mashed some MAC opponents, very impressively so. They destroyed Vermont. Uh, but I kind of think Slew's offense is gonna give uh, Iona a little bit of problems. I think I can't remember which one of you two sent it to our internal group chat about how. Patino and Steve Masiello are both displeased with the defense for Iona so far. And slew has got weapons on weapons offensively. Uh Yuri Collins will find anybody that's open. And some guys who aren't even open, they don't even realize they're open and he'll pass them open. And then Jimerson is a, is a big time threat from deep. Hopefully Perkins is starting to get back into the groove. I know he's not truly himself, but uh Matt, I lean the bills on the road here. Am I crazy? No,
2: I kind of lean that way too. I, I didn't take it because I read uh, extension of that quote talking about how Patino's been looking at Slew for like over a week. I mean, Patino's like the most maniacal team-to-team preparation guy there is. It's why he's a great coach. Uh, more coaches should do that more obsessively, in my opinion. But just like how dial he is on the scout, how big it is potentially for uh, an at-large booster to their resume, I just scared me a little bit. I think everything else, though, does set up well uh, for Slew. Kai, I don't think we've seen the Gales miss. Uh, Quinn slozinski am I saying that correctly slash yeah, right um yeah, maybe we'll they come back to bite him here they, they've they've played small and quicker um and almost better without him I just think that the matchups they've seen with that dynamic um have been favorable so maybe today they, they missed that size against Slew's uh front line
0: I totally agree and and that's kind of the key I think for Slu getting Ellie Jr Joseph in foul trouble because he's prone to it and Iona doesn't really have any other options up front with, with Slezinski out. Shema has played better the last couple of games, but they've been against Niagara. They've been against uh, Canisius so far. It, it's a whole different level of competition. The uh, Dennis Jenkins versus Yuri Collins battle. That's going to be an awesome watch tonight. If you guys have aren't familiar with Dennis Jenkins, he's been terrific at, at point for Iona this season uh, really has led their team. The line does feel a tad short for me. I, I do have great respect for Rick Pitino, um, so I will not be fading him, but if feels a little bit short, I do lean towards slew in, in this game,
1: chat mob, part one, Jim Root, the mobster. What do you got? Questions are rolling in. We got plenty of questions from, from Mr. Turner in the chat, but we're going to start with some of the other ones. Uh, Scott H and Connor plant, both asked about East Carolina at UNC Wilmington. Kai to the Seahawks continue to have the horseshoe up their proverbial booties. They certainly do have a horseshoe, don't they? Uh, Yeah, I think they're number two in luck right now in
0: Ken Palm after being number two last year. Uh, Why go against them? Uh, The number is too high for me. I think East Carolina is the better bet at the current price. East Carolina not too shabby themselves against the number this year. Also, uh, not unfamiliar to luck this season. So I would actually lean towards ECU at the price.
1: Yeah, the number's a little higher. I was surprised by it. I mean, both these teams are like get down 10 and then come back and win by 20. So I don't know how that works (laughs) when they go against each other uh teasing a question from harry r about sam houston and oklahoma state that will come in best bets i'm gonna i'm gonna make them wait matt's different operator when he's chats are but I'm, i like to make people wait i respect that uh matthew you get milwaukee at chattanooga this was much discussed in the chat i was kind of surprised about it the panthers have been a lot better lately as they've figured out their ball handling and guard play but we do love our mocks and mr dan on the sideline
2: yeah, a little bit of uh, market manipulation with this one. Bet early or bets early came in on Milwaukee and then quickly Nuga money came back in. So it was 10, then to eight, now back to 10. I agree with the Nuga money. Uh, but Kai, Milwaukee has been just like a rocket ship. I think the depth and the grasping of Bart Lundy's system is starting to really produce some returns up there. So I, I would not be any in any hurry to get in the way of the Panthers team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They're not as good as the road, I don't think. They haven't really played well on the road yet. That's my one thing.
1: Yeah, they just played a couple conference games. Maybe there's a letdown a little bit um, in focus, potentially. Uh, Ray Ray has asked if UT Arlington will score 52 points today, Kai. They're playing uh, North Texas. We surprisingly saw North Texas total get bet up a little bit here, from 113 to like 114.5, 115. <laughs> That's, yeah. They did go over in their last game against Omaha. Do you see that happening again? Uh, yeah, I probably got bet up because it was 113,
0: and that's one of the lowest totals I've seen on an opener. Um, but it's warranted. I don't think Arlington will score over 50 points. I, I would 35 bet
1: five last year in this game.
0: <laughs> yeah. I would bet against them scoring 50 points, um, spread. I don't know. North Texas looks like they're kind of in domination mode again with their roster fully intact. So I lean their way. Yeah. They
1: just won by 30 against Omaha and Tyler Perry did nothing. Yeah. Did nothing. nothing. Yeah. So it was really <laughs> impressive. Uh, Matt, a couple people asked about South Dakota state at Montana. Don't believe that is on the outline. What do you think here?
2: Um, I guess I understand the Montana money given the spot and the fact that they're healthier. Uh, they had a huge flu bug and that would kind of pillage their games the last few weeks, had a couple of guys out South Dakota state road warriors, but like all they do is play well on these tough road spots. So I- I'm not like exactly buying bad spot for South Dakota state. Cause it seems like under Eric Henderson, the last two years, um, they, they, tend to, they, they, don't like fully crack. They haven't covered all these games, but they don't like fully fold. Um, so I actually would be tempted to, to counterpunch here with the Jack bunnies.
1: Yeah. The teams I don't like South Dakota state against are ones that pressure and force turnovers. Cause I don't trust their point guard situation at all. Right, Montana is not like a pressure team. Uh, Kai, you get the other team from South Dakota. That would be the coyotes. They are headed to Colorado Springs to take on a much improved air force squad.
0: Yeah, line's kind of gotten up there a little bit, but it makes sense. It's a tough home court. I'm not sure if A.J. Plitzewite is totally right for South Dakota right now. I I know he's been coming off the bench, or at least he did last game, um, clearly coming back from a terrible injury. Four and a half is getting a little bit high for me. You just saw South Dakota win an impressive game against BYU on a neutral. I believe it was in the state of Utah. I could be wrong on that. So the travel here isn't that big. Um, I actually lean towards South Dakota at plus four and a half.
1: Uh, yeah. South Dakota just won at BYU. So yeah, impressive stuff. Out was of it out. at BYU? I thought, okay, I thought yeah. it was neutral, but yeah, you, you meant great. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, let's see. We'll do two more and then head back to the outline. Matthew Nevada at Pepperdine, your wolf pack taken on the young but potent waves.
2: I got to take him here, right? At two. And I don't know. I Here's my only concern is that Pepperdine's talent was really scary. So I didn't bet it. Nevada has been awesome. Um, I, I worry about their lack of depth, Kai, catching up to them as they get deeper mm-hmm. into the non-con until they get some bodies back. But I don't know. They play well as a team. They guard. I, I think they're the right side
0: here. Good team, and they're traveling 30 minutes from LMU. From
2: LMU, right. Off a loss. Good spot, it's, too. It's not yeah. a
0: travel spot for them. They it's probably a loser. I, I, it, Pepperdine's
2: going to win by 30. Let's just let's just call it <laughs> how it is. They're winning by 30 tonight. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think, think
1: we see that. a lot of points there. I like the over.
2: Yeah. I kind of agree with Jim. I'm, the over. I'm with you there.
1: Speaking of over, uh, I'll, I'll take either of your input, but I'll start with Kai real quick. Coppin State at NC State, does it fly over? Do we get the track meet that it appears to be on the surface? Without looking at the number, yes. 157, <laughs> I believe the yeah. chat said. Oh, Kai, my Matt, God. Think?
2: Points, yeah, points, it's a points. big number, though. I was, I don't know, thinking like 152 if I just had to guess off the top of my head. That's a big number. But yeah, I mean, NC State, FIU what was that? 200 points total. So NC State against these mid-major, low-majors who want to run can be track meets quickly. Mm-hmm.
1: It's up to 161.5 at that river. Oh, Whoa! I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't take that. Yeah, I can't, it's not I can't a good recommend plan. it that's that big. It's big. just too high at this point. It's moved too much. All right, let's get back to the outline, folks. You'll see that there are four games that have been asked about a bunch, and then we'll hit the rest after uh, after that section. So go ahead, Kai. Yale at Butler. That's right, Yale making the rundown. How about that?
0: The line seems short. That's what I'm going to start with, Matt. But Yale is a tough dog, as people who watch the NCAA tournament might know. And Butler is still shorthanded, as we know. that Maybe their, their uh, injuries here will catch up with them. Yale battled at Colorado. They're battle-tested. What do you think about this game?
2: I like Butler, but I like Butler every game. So um, I'm tired of regurgitating the same narrative. I feel vindicated that they took care of business against K-State. The depth is a real concern. I mean, they have seven players. I took Butler first half in this one. I think the depth could really catch up to them in the second half. I said Yale doesn't step up well in class uh, historically, at least. But this year they have. Um, I mean, winning at Hawaii is pretty impressive, although it's a little bit of an asterisk uh, on that win because Hawaii was short-handed. Uh, competing at Colorado in altitude, going across country, although I think Colorado kind of stinks, to be honest. I and mean, they were they had one game against Tennessee. That
1: was it so, was a player I'll, revenge game there, though. Man. Player revenge game like with uh,
2: Mr. Gabadons, right. Yeah. So I, I don't know vl has been awesome. They're a great current form team right now. I just don't think they're all the way as good as their number indicates. So yeah, I, I laid the three and a half or three, I think first half of Butler.
1: Yeah. They've been dominant at the rim so far this year. Like mm-hmm. they're huge up front. The, the Jarvis, Noling, uh, yep. that combination has been fantastic. great. Front line. Yep. Uh, Isaiah Kelly. He's they, they have some, they had some swats against Hawaii. I tweeted one of them. It was just absolutely ridiculous, but now they're going against Manny Bates. Like that's the best big man they've played all season. Mm-hmm. I think they might have a little bit of problem dominating. I mean, he's bigger than all three of those guys. And I don't fully trust the Yale guards yet. Kai, I, I them losing cotton and Gabadon, I think is eventually going to hurt them a little mm-hmm. bit and stepping up against uh, better competition in Butler with uh, the, the guards that they have the Harris that I know we don't fully trust, but I, I think this line's a little bit low. The bulldogs w- would be the side for me.
0: I agree. I think it's too low. I lean towards Butler. Um, You know, it might be a scoring challenge for Butler. Like you mentioned, Yale has been pretty tough inside the arc, and we know Butler's offense can get kind of weird. I mean, they were in a battle with Tennessee Tech with eight minutes left. That was a one-point game. I do think they're a really good team, though. I I do lean their way because Yale has showed some pretty poor efforts, too. The Stony Brook game, Stony Brook was hot, but, boy, you can't just beat that team by five points. It's a train wreck this season. So I do lean towards Butler at minus six. Um, Not throwing real money on it today, though. Toledo. At Northern Iowa is our next game. Boy, this one's taking money. The Rockets, Jim, have taken money here. It I took my spread money. It like took all my money, maybe. Like that. That's right. Yep. Uh, it's not a slam dunk, though. I'm going to say that. It's their uh, only second-row game of the year. They just lost George Mason. They're now 2-3 and three against the spread, away from home. Who
1: do you like in this game? It's not ideal. Uh, they were right there. I mean, I, against George Mason, went to overtime and ended up not able to cover, lost by 7 in OT. I like the Rockets. I don't think Northern Iowa has any sort of rim presence to deter all the driving that Toledo does. They spread you out and then get into those gaps and finish at the rim. And that's, you know, with Fife out for Northern Iowa, they're not that big. Their typical center is Betts and he's just a shooter. Like he's not a guy that's going to intimidate you. I think this is a a perfect setup for the Rockets here, Matthew. With Nate Heisey still out for the Panthers, he's seeing a doctor and, and getting his status updated, but he won't be back yet. I'm with you. I like the Rockets. Are you going first half, full game? What do you like here?
2: Uh, I did full game. I think first half is what I recommend now, just because the number has been bet up to five. Four um, so okay. four and a half. I still would prefer first half the current full game number. Just sort of in, you're in that no man's land of between three and five, and you've lost the the better value. Uh, but yeah, I love Toledo. I really do. I, I think I'm missing something. I feel like a sucker here betting this pretty big because you know, I was a well-coached team, but Jim's right. They're a shell of themselves right now. They're banged up. They're young. They have no interior presence. I know that Jordan Majeski wrote very eloquently about how they like to con- or pack the paint, which sort of negates Toledo's like rim attacking, driving, slashing sort of attack. But I think that schematic lens is not going to stop Toledo. I think they get what they want still. Oh, and they'll just easily counter and they'll make threes and they can all yeah. shoot it. Got Tyler Cochran back last game. Just too many outlets for Toledo to score in this game. I think they win easily.
1: Toledo can shoot. They prefer to drive, but they absolutely
0: can't. They
2: can't shoot, right.
0: Yep. Yeah, a couple things on you and I. So they are very young, but I agree. They are really well coached, and they are tough, man. Uh, their only wins this year are against outside of the top 300 teams, Northern Illinois and Evansville. That looks pretty bad. But close game against San Francisco, they should have won. Close game against Grand Canyon, they probably should have won as well. They're not hopeless, and they definitely have a home court here. I do think Toledo gets whatever they want offensively, though, for reasons you guys already said. They're also due for some positive regression on their um, on their uh, percentage splits on defense. Opponents are 39 percent from three against Toledo. Opponents are shooting 75.5 percent from the free throw line against Toledo. Both of those are bottom 30 in the country. Those will probably improve. So as long as they don't give up 100 points here to you and I, I think they do uh, cover the spread here. Georgia at Georgia Tech is our next game, a rivalry. Line's getting high. But Jim, I have to assume that Georgia still has some injury troubles. And that's probably why. And hence, I'm probably not going to back the dogs here. But what do you think?
1: Yeah, it sounds like Okendo will be back in and Terry Roberts potentially as well. Uh, they were out with more minor knocks. I think Roberts was ill. Uh, and it sounds like they practiced. So that's pretty big. Um, it, it, the, the two guys that are probably still out, Anselm and Moncrief, take away a, a big thing to, for Georgia here. I think they could have dominated the offensive glass against the yes. Georgia tech zone that they really struggled to rebound out of, but that's like two of their best three rebounders. I guess you throw bridges and Kyron Lindsay, those guys will still probably eat up the glass a bit, but they lack the depth uh, to to compete with uh, or to consistently compete there. So I actually grabbed a little Georgia tech at the early number and I bought off it at the higher number. Cause I didn't know Okendo was going to play until later or was expected to play. So I have like a one-point middle here will probably juice out, Matt. I don't have a strong recommendation where it's currently at.
2: Yeah, it's up to four and a half, five. If you just think this Georgia Tech team stinks, which is a very viable take and one you can easily defend. Um, One I was actually trying to rebuke early in the year, but now I'm like, hmm, not so sure. Then, yeah, I think five at the current number uh, with the guys that are playing for Georgia probably feels right. I lean Georgia Tech, though, on the opener. Um, they Rodney Howard's supposed to play today. I know he's kind of bad as Jim has mentioned before, but he has a big body and Georgia Tech has no size. Like not only can they not rebound out of the zone schematic or just by design of playing a zone, but they have no size. So I think, you know, Georgia's Mike White offensive lulls will be can be negated by they can just throw it off the backboard and go get it play volleyball at the rim. Um I do like this Tech team Kyle a little bit. There's a part of me that thinks they have a sneaky People think we stink, but we're really not that bad. Aura to them, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, though.
0: I think they're pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they're they're among the worst teams in the ACC, and that's and that's saying something. Uh, however, something did surprise me. They're awesome against the spread at home under Josh Pastner.
2: Pastor's a great ATS coach. One, Look at one his numbers. The Weird, the cut,
0: forty-nine and thirty-three against the spread at home under Josh Pastner. That's a sixty percent clip. That surprised me. I was not aware of that. Now they were terrible last season terrible against the spread at home so maybe that's turning again trends don't matter a whole lot guys let's be honest (laughs) they did beat georgia on the dog last on the road on the road last year perhaps the dogs punch back here but again without knowing for sure that terry roberts and okendo are in i can't really back georgia if they're in plus four and a half absolutely all day long for georgia james madison at virginia is our last game on the rundown here revenge matthew says i jmu beat virginia last year at home It was disgusting. It was 59 possessions. We had 101 total points in that game. Both teams are better, though. We hope to see a better game tonight. Who do you like?
2: Side, I'm pretty torn. I think the number's uh, sharp. Sitting at low teens. Obviously, James Madison, um, they've been a rocket ship, all non-conference, stepping up big time in class here. Did so... I don't know. Will we say, how do they fare in, in the litmus test against UNC? I, I guess it's hard to even use that as a relevant precedent because like the UNC versus Virginia are two completely different styles. Um, yeah. I guess the revenge scene from Virginia matters losing to JMU last year, Jim. I just don't think Tony Bennett's like a rah-rah revenge guy though. Like I just think this seems pretty even keel. They'll go out and play how they want to play game to game. I guess I would actually lean Virginia just because I think they can score inside pretty easily, but I don't know. James Madison is too good to, to really disrespect.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not like, oh, man, they they are going to win by 30 because Reese Beekman's been looking in the mirror since last year about losing at James Madison. He can't right. handle it. Um, <laughs> they might just out execute James Madison, who I right. think is an awesome up tempo team and can force turnovers and stuff. But Virginia's got two ball handlers out there. They've been pretty rock solid with the rock. And if they're not turning it over, James Madison might struggle to score in the half court. That's a big problem for them. So I made this number right about what it is, Kai. This Virginia team's a lot more potent offensively than they were last year. Uh, just mm-hmm. some of the guys they've added, the improvement they've had, more familiarity with the system. I fear James Madison, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, back them here against a team that, you know, has looked a lot better than I expected, Virginia.
0: Yeah, they look great. They look like they're old selves on offense. They're really efficient. Will five guys continue to shoot over 40% from three? Will four guys continue to shoot over 42% from three? Probably not, but they get really good shots. They're getting open looks, and and that's part of the reason why they are shooting so well. James Madison's also shooting the ball really well. I mean, they're sixth, I think, in the country in three-point percentage. They are terrible last year in the same statistic. I mean, that's why they lost a lot of games early on. So maybe they're due for some regression here. They did get smacked by UNC, Matt. I I do think that was kind of a wake-up like, oh, James Madison, maybe we should cool our jets a little bit. They also showed their mortality against Valpo. Losing in overtime to Valpo right now. Not a good look for a team that we thought was very good in James Madison. How did Valpo lose by 11 to Belmont? That's so annoying, by the way. I still don't know, actually. Uh, uh, Like Jim said, it's a pace battle. JMU wants to run, but Virginia controlled the pace so well last year. It's just impossible to control the pace against this team. Now, double-digit spread in a 59-60 possession game. If it gets to that again, you have to lean towards the dog, especially one that can shoot as well as James Madison. So I guess that's where my heart lies a little bit, but I'm staying away. I don't like the revenge angle here. Back to Jim for the chat mob part two before our best bets.
1: Now, we almost got a whole alphabet of questions here, fellas. So Ooh, that'll let bad. you know we got to we got to try to fly through them. Uh, Matt Acres asking about Vermont at Dartmouth. My gut was Vermont. Dartmouth just played an awesome game <clears throat> against a team that had gone cross country. I think Vermont might be finding itself a little bit. So I lean towards the Catamounts. Matthew, Tarleton at Baylor. Tata had his finger on the uh, the the Tarleton money line trigger here. Yeah. Uh, A couple other people asked about this too. Do you think the Texans hang around as a dog?
2: Yeah, I I do. It feels too obvious, but I feel like let's not overthink this one, right? Like Matt last year is like, ah, this is Baylor's bounce back game. Tarleton stepping up in class. Like no, Tarleton is going to keep this game close. There's just, that's what what they do, right? Like in-state rivalry, Lone Star State bragging rights. I don't know. Gillespie as a big dog. Yes. That's usually a good recipe.
1: They're just a different team. They muck the game up when they're a dog. And we've seen Baylor turn the ball over. If you turn the ball over against Tarleton, the game gets really, really difficult because they shorten it. Uh, Kai from Noah Haynes, American at Mount St. Mary's DMV area battle here. Injury questions on the American side for sure. Is that kind of the, the central thing you're looking at with this? I'm on Mount St. Mary's side
0: too. Dakota you missed last game. He's their second best scorer, I think. Uh, I liked the under in this game. It did get bet down can't really recommend it right now, but um, that was the way I was leaning.
1: Yeah, personnel is so so big in that one. Uh, Josh Reeves also has been out for Mount St. Mary's, and then Johnny O'Neill and Colin Smalls on the other side. So lineup check, I guess, probably on that one. Matt, North Dakota at Idaho from your fellow Matt, Matt Akers. I don't have a single opinion on this game. It just nothing jumped out to me. Do you have anything?
2: Uh, Once you could win by 20, the other team could win by 20. Yeah, it's the most who the heck knows. Maybe lean toward Idaho because it's at home. Disrespecting the the home court here and non kind a weird travel spot. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and I don't think Kai's boy Taryn Frank has come back yet for Idaho. Yeah, screw uh, him he, though. I think they, they blew out Northern Illinois without <laughs> yeah. him, but that was the worst spot of all time for Northern Illinois. So mm-hmm. uh Daryl Turner asked about Boston College first half, Kai. I don't love Boston College as a big favorite. There's no Makai Ashton Langford. Quentin Post still hasn't debuted, I don't think. Mm-hmm. New Hampshire's terrible though. So I don't know. What do you think?
0: No thanks, no thanks on the other side here. Not back in Boston College, a double, uh, double digit favorite. Not back in New Hampshire, because uh, I backed him against a Columbia team they should have, frankly, beat pretty easily. And they yeah. missed about 10 laps in a row to not cover that game. So <laughs> New Hampshire's on my shit list. No thank you.
1: Yeah, New Hampshire is, they're not good, but they're not the team I want to back against. Boston College, who's bad, is a big favorite. Uh, Matt from Canes Nation Commerce, Texas A&M Commerce, one of these newfangled squads. They are continuing their crazy road binge here at Wyoming. They were just at Hawaii. Then they played at Denver at altitude. Now they're at Wyoming. Laramie is even higher altitude. Are they running out of gas? What do you think? I don't know. I kind
2: of think they're just like built for this test. They went into Northern Colorado early in the year before the Hawaii trip in altitude. And I think erased like a 20 point deficit to cut it to three. So I don't know. To me, it's like, yeah, you could argue they're running out of gas or it's like they're just good and feisty and all these d1 teams don't have like let or all these new d1 teams don't have letdowns. they play hard every game i like commerce wyoming's a shell itself right now i take commerce plus 12
1: yeah i kind of buy the under wyoming i don't know what their tempo is going to be i lean under they're to. just down people no ek last game no Noah reynolds no wenzel who's a big time shooter that's their offense so yeah I would lean under as well um a couple other daryl questions we're not going to get to every one of them but kai syracuse in oakland did you have a take on the total specifically is what he asked about
0: no, Matt does apparently.
1: Under. Do like under that's, what, that's what he was hoping to hear. Oh, Oakland
0: is very bad against zones. I will say that. So that's a good angle.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah, I just think this offense is anemic right now. I think Campy has to kind of park the bus a little bit to protect against the injuries to his guards. I don't think they can run as fast as they want to. Um, Syracuse playing through Jesse Edwards up front. He's actually been a monster lately, by the way. I think that matters. Under. Uh,
1: Wofford is hosting Coastal Carolina. Jay McCauley, the Wofford head coach, taking a leave of absence. There's not a lot of information about why he's yeah. doing that. I wanted to stay away from this just because I don't know what's happening there. I, I'm, and yet they I took wanna, money. I to find out more. They took they money? I, know. They I was
2: hoping they would take coastal money. I'd bet a Wofford at a cheaper price, but no, not the case. Yeah.
1: Wofford's yeah. been really solid. So if there's anything that's been yes. going on, it's it doesn't seem like it's affected that much. <clears throat> Uh, and then Kai, I know you're bitter about this game, but I'm going to ask you anyways, UMBC at Columbia, the retrievers have retrieved a ton of money this morning.
0: Yeah, I'm bitter because the number got ridiculous. Uh, I liked UMBC at four and a half. I liked UMBC at five. I liked it at six. It's at eight points right now. I mean, yeah. it's getting a bit high for me. Um, UMBC has been a fireball the last two games. It could be total smoke and mirrors. So I, I think it might be a little bit of an re- overreaction here by the market.
1: I did step on UMBC Matthews, first half, BB. best bet. There it is. Oh, boom! Reiterate it, Matt. Say it again.
2: If Kyle, UMBC first half best bet. Boom. Banks Gavel. End of discussion. UMBC's kind of good, and Columbia, kind of isn't. So, what would you get, Matt? Take. Four
1: and a half or five? What do we? Four and a half.
2: Doing? I'm hoping it five might still. It might be five by the time we've started this program.
1: Let's see here. First half. Where are you?
2: Come on, mobsters. Where are we?
1: How all this? These guys to there's work. So many different lines. Yeah, five is the minus one ten yeah. line is five. Man, there's, there's, okay, a, there's five, a minus four and a half. Five. You'll like it. Yeah, yep, that's five. fine. I will take like your it. take. Your push and enjoy it. Uh, Kai, no retrievers. Hot dog. Well, hot dog. High point at Furman. Mm. I thought this was a little a little high. High points yeah. been really good.
0: Yeah, and Furman's been not great against the spread. Uh, surprisingly, they're really overvalued Furman, which sucks because. They're like my favorite team in college basketball, but I can't bet them ever. In fact, I've faded them a couple of times. So plus 12 and a half, that's too
1: high. Lean high point. All right, Matt, you get a big five battle in Philadelphia. St. Joe's at Temple. I'm sure Harry and Ryan are just dying to hear what you have to say about their owls.
2: Yeah, I love Temple here. I know the spread's way too big, but just like betting on St. Joe's and the train wreck of this is becoming, like it feels like you just bet Temple and look the other way. Um curious to hear what Harry and, and, the, and the Temple Al squad thinks about in the mob chat. But St. Joe is, is about to implode. So fade for me. I,
0: I think yeah, Temple's like, won three or four straight by double digits. So they're yep, definitely fired. They covered right a now. couple
1: spreads. They, they covered maybe they LaSalle by 16 in a Big Five battle. So pretty competent. Uh, Kai, do you, do you have any thoughts on Charleston at Presbyterian from Dre Montgomery here? What do you know? Charleston took a bunch of money, got bet up at his yeah. three points. <laughs> uh, what Where do you think about it now?
0: Charleston should kill them. But yeah, yeah who knows? I'm not I'm not feels, I'm not laying
1: fifteen. Yeah. Spread feels high to me, but you can't look at anything Presbyterian's done and find mm-hmm. a shred of positivity this year, unfortunately. They've been really bad. Uh all right. Matt, you get another Philly Squad. LaSalle. We just mentioned that they're hosting Bucknell. LaSalle yeah, took some money. Minus four up to minus six now at Bet rivers.
2: Okay. Well, there you go. It's been straight. Now I didn't look at the extra money this morning, but yeah, I, I think it should be a little closer to six. So um, I guess nothing now
1: Matt agrees. Yeah, I did. I I took the format. I agreed this is about where I thought it would, would land uh, from Ryan, a Kai Arkansas state and central Arkansas. I didn't have much gross. taken aside. I thought there'd be points, but I, I was hesitant to bet the total gross. <laughs> Not betting this game.
2: Central Arkansas <laughs> no. and our guy Churchill bounds, baby.
1: Yeah. Sure. Bounds, one of The best named guys. <laughs> Good day. Players in all elite of name.
2: Nice little player, too.
1: Matt, does Houston stomp North Florida in the first yes. half? Do they stomp him in the full game? You think so?
2: Yeah. Kai alluded to it. Uh, they beat all the, or North Florida loses to power conference teams by 30 on repeat. They just have no resistance up front. They don't like try to muck it up at all. They're just going to go out and play their game and they get killed. And Houston will absolutely murder them on the glass, completely yeah. destroy them.
0: North Florida, five out of the last seven power five teams they've played. They've lost by 30-plus. They've lost to Kentucky and Gonzaga by over 40 this year each. They get yeah, killed by big teams, by, they this, are by this type of team.
1: like The worst defensive rebounding team going against the best offensive mm-hmm. rebounding team. Houston will play volleyball in this game.
0: That's why the line's 32, though, which sucks.
1: Too yeah, high. so first half is what he was saying, minus 18. I kind of buy it. They're an awesome first-half team. Marcus Sasser seems fine. He practiced despite his shoulder popping out. A couple more here. The Metric Panda, great name there. Northern Arizona Mm -hmm. at Pacific. This feels like points to me. Matt, I'll go to you here. What do you think of Pacific hosting here?
2: Uh, Lots of points. Lots of points for sure. Both teams have prolific shot makers in the scores. I think the pace is going to be pretty flowing. Jalen Cohn versus Mr. Jordan Ivy Curry, right? Jordan Curry. Curry. A lot of points both ways.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, And then teasing. Bradley at SAU Edwardsville. That's coming in best bets in just a second here. I'm trying to see if there's anything I missed. I'm sure I missed a couple games because there's 55 today, but that's okay. Hit Most things we'll hit uh, best bets. And if anything comes in, we can give like a one word answer on them. So Kai, lead us off. Let's do it. Best bet time.
0: I'm taking Sam Houston and I think they're plus nine and a half at bet rivers. I wish I had the 10 for the show, but alas, uh, they're an incredibly tough dog. They have two outright wins this year against power teams on the road. At Utah, which, you know, Utah just beat at home, Arizona. Also, at Oklahoma. You know what Oklahoma's done wrong this season? Pretty much nothing except that game. Yeah, so right. this team is not intimidated against high competition. They also turn uh force turnovers at one of the highest rates in the country, even better than Texas. They're ninth right now in the country in turnover rate. That's a problem for Oklahoma State's ball handlers. Um, You have to be able to have two defensive rebound, though, against Oklahoma State. And guess what? They can. They can do that. They control the glass. This team's well-coached. They're physical. They're not afraid. Sam Houston plus nine and a half's best bet. Kai, that's a top 10 team in the net you're betting on right it there. Is. Sam
1: Houston, seventh nationally, right? Yeah, now. love that. Love to see that. <clears throat> I think, I think uh, is it Jim that's next on the best bets? Yep. Here's a Matt. Jim. It is me. Matt's has already been revealed, but uh, I am on Bradley. Verify that it's minus six right now, but they are going on the road to SIU Edwardsville. A little concerned about Bradley coming off two conference games. They played well, and now they're playing Uh, a team from a lower league, but it's in state. So I'm hoping the focus is there. And I just think Bradley's still undervalued because of how awesome they are with rink mast in the lineup. He has completely changed them. They're a lot healthier than they were early in the season, uh, even aside from mast. So I I like Bradley to kind of roll through Edwardsville, Matthew.
2: I agree. I had Bradley circle. Jim as like them and Toledo as my two biggest gut leans of the day. I don't know why I only took Toledo, not Bradley, but, um, I'm with you on that that one
1: from you. Thanks a lot. Appreciate
2: Uh, it. I missed the number, so I would have taken it, but I missed the number. I'll knock on wood for you. Toledo, I missed the number. As I mentioned, as I teased earlier, the actual best bet for the official record book is UMBC minus five for the first 20-minute stanza. Columbia is just a bad basketball team, and UMBC is playing like a fireball right now. So,
1: Two games (laughs) ago, they hit, like, how many threes? Like, 25, I think. It it was something that Against cops, yeah, State, they had they, uh, they were 21 for 44 from three.
2: The Bunyan, the, the Bunyan Sith, what's his name? I can't say his Bu- name. Sith, yeah, Bunyasith Bunyasith. just was
0: went nuclear. It's
1: awesome, yeah,
0: yes, yeah. he could again. He's hit nine yeah, threes, that's, had, that's yeah. very much
1: like current form. That team is, I'm not trying to get you know, like, oh, this is the time they crashed down. I, I think yeah. we've learned past couple of years, like, just ride those streaks for a little bit, Yep,
0: yeah. definitely. Hey guys, thanks a lot for joining us once again for the Field of 68 Best Bet Show presented by Brett Rivers. We are the three-man weave, and we'll be back uh, with you tomorrow on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. See you then. Good luck with your bets tonight.